good evening, everybody. Here we go. Another edition of Jamal About Sports coming to you on a Tuesday night. February 27th, as we are about to say goodbye to February and hello to March. As always, I'm your host, Jamal Hayden, riding shotgun, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend. AG, what is up? Spring training is here. Yes, indeed. Spring training, basketball winding down. We've got the NFL Combine starting, I believe, tomorrow. Yep. Um, and uh, doing the research. Yeah, I, we're, we're doing the work. Yes, you you in particular have been hard at work trying to unearth gems for your Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Uh, of course, our uh, our world's famous draft show will be coming up uh, in April. Yep. Both stay, two, stay tuned for that, everybody. Two draft shows: the pre-draft show where we do our our world famous mock draft, and then of course our post. Draft uh, analysis show. Where we complain about every move they made. Well, I think in the last couple of years, actually, we've been. I know I've been fairly pleased with the Lions drafts. I, I think uh, you know, last year they gave me Michael Roberts, who I was high on. The year before they gave me Miles Killebrew, who I was Both high guys on. Guys, you were talking up quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, uh, again, as we often discuss and say, really, you can't accurately assess or draw or judge a draft probably until year three right exactly. yeah yeah probably until year three so big show to get to tonight we'll touch on uh, the nfl some potential rules changes uh as well as some uh some some infighting a bit between the commissioner and, and your guy your yeah, owner never ends. <laughs> uh we'll talk a little nba and we'll talk a little bit of baseball jethro does keep things interesting over there yes he do yes he do uh, but let's kick it off. We'll kick it off with the with the Knicks. Why? Well, well, here's the thing. So we, I think the last time we did a show, we didn't even talk about them. Uh, the trade deadline came and went. Um, didn't like the Hernan Gomez trade whatsoever. Trading Willie Hernan Gomez for a second round pick, particularly in light of the fact that apparently early in the year, uh, when Eric Bledsoe was available. Um, from Phoenix, the Knicks could have probably had him for Frankie uh, Nilakina and Willie Hernan Gomez, and then the Knicks balked at that. So then they traded him to Milwaukee for Greg Monroe, who then, who by the way, I don't know if you remember this, Greg Monroe was going to be the answer to all the Knicks' problems when Phil Jackson was here. He was going to be the the big man that they needed for the triangle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got traded to Phoenix because Phoenix needed another center because they only have 17 on the roster. Uh, and then they cut him. They've, they've since cut him. So basically, Phoenix got nothing for Eric Bledsoe. The Knicks traded Willie Hernan Gomez basically for nothing, a second-round pick. Held on to Nilakina, who I know you're higher on him than I am. And yes, I get it. He's only 19. He's got a long way to go. I understand that. But if you then... Uh, look at it through the prism of the Knicks got Emmanuel Moutier, another former high lottery pick, seventh pick of the draft the same year as KP uh, three years ago, who's also still only 21. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like the Knicks have really, uh, the names have changed and they're, and, and they're you know, uh, Scott Perry is, is far less objectionable overall than Phil Jackson, but I don't know that the results are really changing at all. Um, so, you know, look, it, it, does it make Phil Jackson, what he's done to this organization? It's unbelievable. Ever it, since, ever since taking the Bulls' job. I mean, it's literally. Uh, well, <laughs> it's, fr- it's just that's it's, true. What, what, yeah, a guy. Think about the arc of his career, right? A guy went from a lovable bench player, hustle guy on the '73 championship team to to the insufferable guru. Yep, to their biggest nemesis. You know, essentially when he was the head coach of, of the Bulls. Right, and then you know they, he used to get into it with uh, Van Gundy all the time. Van Gundy called him B- Big Chief Big Triangle, Chief. I think, which is one of the one of the best uh, sobriquets, I mean, if just, you will. I remember uh, Philip when he rolled up his sleeves after the Knicks took the two nothing lead in mm-hmm. that series, and he's going to start going to work on the refs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Phil was always basketball is a sport of beauty. Yes. And what's happening right now? I don't like it. <laughs> very, very Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm, I'm being made to look like a fool. Um, and you so. give me sports. <laughs> My cheese just floating in the wind here. 
So, so yeah. So then he so was, this is gonna be this is gonna be a cultural and financial disaster. Yeah, that was his ESPN uh, 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 audition. But no, so Phil then of course was was one of the as a Knicks fan, he was your biggest enemy, right? Beyond pompous and smug, you know, it's always easy to be that when you always have the best players. And then he comes as, as to I think, I think as you once characterized, oh, just curse. He's gonna be one of those one of those nights tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you see it. I can only laugh. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah. Oh, Dick Pavetta. Yeah. That's what we're doing tonight. Right, that was the smug laugh like he couldn't even believe what he was seeing. Phil Jackson yeah, face. Yeah, I'm laughing at the idiocy. Right, right. We had we had, we had had many stages of Phil Jackson's exactly. uh, incredulity uh, during uh, during games on the sideline. The, 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 the shock disbelief. <laughs> Stunned disbelief, Phil Jackson. We had the... the I'm laughing at the idiocy. I'm laughing at the ADC, and I'm sort of even just a, a slightly so, above, so it all. above it all. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. And then he comes to the Knicks to supposedly, supposedly, you know, fix everything. And not only did he not fix anything, he made it even worse. worse. You're worse. You're much, much worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. You're worse than Ted Nance. Yeah. Yeah. And his one great move was supposedly. Drafting KP, but apparently he was not even all that involved in that decision either. Um, in any event, look, uh, it, the, the Knicks are a disaster. Now they have nothing but point guards on the team. Point guards and centers, who basically. Play? Well, no, well, a couple centers who can play. Uh, one center who can play. One center who can play. They got rid of, a, like I said, they got rid of Hernan Gomez for nothing, which made no sense to me. I mean, why would you trade him for a second-round pick? So that you can... I mean, the Hornacek just really... It was just a matter that Hornacek didn't like him? I, You know, I, there's something going on there. I think Hornacek didn't like him. I think maybe the organization soured on him because he publicly said he wanted to play and that if he wasn't, he'd rather be somewhere else. Why would, Plus, why would they care? I know. I, I don't understand why they would care. And, I mean, it sounds like kind of cutting off your nose to spite your face. Plus, he was KP's best friend. And I think that's a weird... I think there's something weird there. I think maybe they think... KP relies on him too much. They want to toughen him up or something. I don't know. I'm totally reading into this. I have no, obviously no insight into this. But uh, it seems like an odd decision to trade a 23-year-old center. And I get it. I get it. He's not a stretch four, okay? Like everybody loves in the NBA now, all the analytics crew, right? He doesn't shoot 15 three-pointers a game. God forbid he actually has a back-to-the-basket game. Um, but and he had a real solid rookie year. Yeah, he, he's a talented offensive player. Okay, and and by the way, there's no, there's nothing there's no reason that he can't develop an outside game. Uh, I'm I'm seeing guys I'm seeing this uh, uh, Nurkic guy and uh, on uh, Denver do it, and Jokic and even Bro. Bro uh, Brooke Lopez has developed a three-point game, for crying out loud. He was Mr. Lopez guy his first few years in the league with the Nets. So it can be done. Um, it just doesn't seem to make any sense. So now, basically, they've got 17 point guards on the roster, right? Trey Burke, Moutier, Nilakina. All three of those guys are young, right? They're all—I think Burke's the oldest one at 25. Nilakina is, uh, is 19. Moutier is uh, 21. Um, they still have Jarrett Jack for whatever reason. Uh, I mean, he's a good soldier. He's a good heady veteran. I think he's probably – they want to keep him around because he shows these young guys what a pro is supposed to be. Uh, you know, how do you, how do you pra- how you practice, you take care of your body, all that. And I'm all for that. I think that makes sense. You need guys like that when you're trying to establish something, right? Because, I, mean, I mean, let's let's be honest. The Knicks culture – it's been suspect to say the least over the last yeah twenty years. I mean, they've had none. I yeah. mean, literally since Van Gundy left, they've had none. I mean, you know what? Uh, I mean, uh, not Don Chaney, Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson tried. I mean, I think he tried, but you know he had Mello here. So I mean, you know, you, you're only going to do so much. Right. And as we've seen now, in hindsight, right, uh, Mello is best served at Woodson best. Was, Woodson was the coach here when. Um, uh, the, the year, like the, the year, they had all the veterans who played well. And Correct. Played, until they, until by the time the playoffs rolled around, none of them could play anymore. Correct. Correct. And they beat the or Celtics. And, Wallace, like who was you know what few minutes he played. Jason Kidd. Right. Yeah. Who went scoreless in the playoffs? Yeah. Kurt Thomas came back. Camby, I think, was yep. back for a exactly. while. Yep. Yeah. And they were all playing well for a little. Correct. Bit. 
Oh, the Knicks won 54 games that year. I mean, they had a good year. And, 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 and to be fair, Melo had a very good year that year. He did. Um, they almost blew a 25-point lead against the Seas with like seven minutes left. In the yes, game. because J.R. Smith had to take the bait from clown Jason Terry. And Jason Terry, yep. you know, totally baited him into headbutting him and, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, the whole it's thing. Snowball yeah, there. exactly. Um, but, yeah, so but then they had to play those guys – they had to they, they they had to play you know what should have been a blowout and they could have rested all those guys they had to play the major minutes only in Amon Shumpert Steele I think uh, uh, salvaged that game I think you're right yeah remember how good he looked too we thought we actually might have had a, yeah. a, a budding star on our mm-hmm. hands um, I, I I think the word on the street is is Amon is is uh, not a bad guy but he, he's he's pretty he's pretty okay with with where he is mm. as far as his NBA career. Gotcha. I, I don't know that it's the most important thing in the world to him. I think he's he, he's not putting in the work. <laughs> I think he probably puts in the minimum, shall we say? Right. I, I don't know that he's a gym rat. Mm. I, I wouldn't. I, I don't think. Yeah, I think Amon is pretty happy making his whatever, however many millions he makes, and doing his thing. Again, doesn't make, doesn't make him a bad guy. Just um, you know. You're not going to build a team around that. He's not exactly Bron Bron. Yeah, well, he's no. per, he's a he's a perfect spare part. He, you know, he's certainly not going to be a, a top a top starter on a, on a good team. Um, but so now the whole thing with the Knicks is this. Look, uh, I don't. You probably didn't watch it. Did you watch any of the game last night? Not a not a second. Okay, so they played a pretty decent first half against Golden State. Who also, though, to be fair, Golden State looked pretty disinterested. And the Knicks were up by one. It was like 64, 63 at halftime. Right. Um, but, the, but the encouraging signs were all three of the guards played well. Moutier played well. He had 20.7 assists. Uh, I saw Nokina at 13. This has got to be a season high. Uh, I believe that is a season high in points for him. Um, he played okay, and Burke played very well again. I think they have something in Trey Burke. Uh, he's not a starter in the league. He's a Vinnie Johnson type, though. Perfect third guard, instant mm-hmm. offense off the bench. Microwave. Exactly. Um, and Moutier, you can see he's got the NBA body. I mean, he's 6'5", 200-plus pounds. He's athletic. Uh, I mean, he's a ton of improvement on both ends of the floor, particularly on defense. There's no reason that he shouldn't be a, a top-quality defensive player with that size and athletic ability, but he's not right now. Um, but that's all you want as a Knicks fan now, and if you're the Knicks, you want to see those three guys play well, See if Hardaway can kind of get out of this funk, at least feel good about himself going into the offseason. Uh, Cantor, you know, we, we know what we have in Cantor. He's going to give you 14 and 10. He's going to crash the offensive boards. He's going to play hard. You know, is he a great he's defender? Gonna, he's going to get under opponent's skin. Yep. It, it, listen. He's a guy you want on your team. Exactly right. Exactly right. He, he, look, he drives it, you bananas when you play against him. You want him on your team. Correct. He's an above-average starting center in the NBA. Would you say that's a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Exactly. He's not a superstar. Uh, he's not the greatest defensive player. You know, the thing with him too. You get, you get he he'd be he'd be a perfect center on a on a good team. Yep. Exactly right. And he's twenty five. Mm. He's twenty five years old. So and he's he he has improved his body since he's been in a league. Look, he's never going to be a great defensive player because first of all, he's he's not seven foot. He's like six ten, six eleven, and he's not much of a jumper. Uh, and he's not the quickest guy. You know, uh, he's not the quickest of foot. But he tries. Like he tries at least. Like you can't be mad at a guy who's not good at defense if he tries. Right, the guys that don't try on defense drive you crazy. Yeah, he tries. He tries his best. He competes as, as hard as he can. Uh, he's not great at it, but like you said, if everybody if everybody else around him is a good defensive player, you'd be you'd be a good team with Ennis Canner as your starting center. Yeah. Not, not it should not be a problem. So that's it. I, I don't need to see Courtney Lee anymore. I don't need to see Jared Jack anymore. I certainly Courtney, don't. See- Courtney Lee made like the first twenty five games of the season. Played great. He was great. He played great. Had a really nice all around game. Played great. Um, I'll tell you the next season, their 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 season went straight downhill with that lead, that loss at home to Cleveland when they had like a twenty something point lead. That that, that was not KP, good. KP decided he was going to try to take it to, to he, Bron. He tried to do Melo. And I brought. We'll yes. see if his career. We'll see if that becomes like a career derailment because Bron <laughs> wiped the floor with KP. Yeah, he did. Um, yes, he did. 
en route to uh, to pulling out, you know, a, a, a you know, he made a, a ridiculous late, three, late victory, yeah, and the Knicks were never the same after that game. And well, after that, in, the, in late in games, you could see KP started really pressing because he wanted to show that. All right, so maybe Bron Bron got the best of me, but uh, I'm going to show you that I'm the, I'm going to be the guy. Yeah, and well, that just, game, just, and there was also, and of course, Hardaway getting hurt. But. Mm-hmm. That that hurt too. And there was also a game. I think they blew another twenty plus second half lead to the Pelicans. At home, I don't know if you remember that. I think they had a big, even bigger lead than that. That game. was a horrible loss. Is that a game horrible, where, Robin? Didn't Anthony Davis just go bananas late in that game? Correct, correct, and that was the perfect example. Uh, when when um, when uh, New Orleans needed a basket late, they got the ball into him in the post, easy as pie, turn around, you know, maybe basically a five foot bank shot. And when the Knicks needed a basket in the worst way, they give the ball to KP thirty five feet from the basket, and you know he tries to. Post up or back his guy down, and he takes an off balance terror. I mean, basically, it's Carmelo 2.0. I mean, basically, just getting off one awful shot after another, after another, absolutely terrible. And that's what happened against Bron Bron, exactly. Exactly. So, look, uh, at this point, you want the Knicks to lose every game they can to increase their lottery odds. Um, there's a bunch of you know, they 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 signed this guy Troy Williams out of the G League. Super athletic guy. I mean, he, he runs around like a chicken with his head cut off, but he's got a ton of athletic ability, which the Knicks sorely need. So that's all you want. You want to see those three guys continue to play well in, in particular, the three guards, uh, and the Knicks lose. And, and, and you'd like to see them be competitive against the good teams, but lose as many games as they can. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And, and and maybe at some point they can get like a, get a top four pick. Right. Somehow. Well, they had, well, some miracle. Yeah, I mean, KP was the one that they got. I mean, think about it. They were going to draft Stephen Curry. He went seven. You know who they took the next pick after? Uh, I do. I don't know. Who was it again? <laughs> Jordan Hill. Jordan, yeah. Uh, Not one of Tony Walsh's finer moments. Oh, that is brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although, so. who knows if Steph Curry would have, would have thrived here. Yeah, who knows? That's true. He might have been two and done. Well, yeah, with all the chaos and all the nonsense that goes on with this franchise. Yeah, who knows? Um, but anyway, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I, you know, I know you're not really a big NBA guy. Um, yeah, you used to be. Uh, I know. They did. They sucked the life right out of you, don't they? Yeah. Okay. All right, moving on. Let's, uh, should we go football or baseball? Let's go baseball. We'll save save, save, save the, the best for last. Exactly. All right. That's exactly All right. right. I, you know, I mean, baseball right now can't come soon enough. Yeah. I mean, if if you're yeah, I mean, if you're a sports fan and you're not hockey guys like 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 we are not. Uh, although I believe the local hockey, well, the Rangers are not having a very good year. Apparently, they just had a big sell off the trade deadline. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, listen, we 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 need some baseball in our lives. Um, and. Uh, I guess we'll start with the Mets. I don't know if you saw a little bit of uh, of the outcome of yesterday's game with the Astros and spring training with uh, Mr. Mr. Thor. <laughs> no, no. I, I, the only thing I, I was actually watching Sunday, uh, like you know, like the sixth inning on, okay. where, you know, where everybody's got numbers uh-huh. in the eighties, uh-huh. and just uh, even Keithy. Then, just Keithy and uh, and Gary, just mm-hmm. uh, you know, Keithy like. Not even, not even pretending to have any idea who's on the field. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, just even asking, yeah, wait, who, who's pitching first again? Wait, who, who, who's this? Right. Uh, so you know he's got an autobiography coming out, and you know what the title is? Uh, they mentioned it. Uh, what is it again? They, they were talking about it. I'm Keith Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. Oh, yeah. Really Ke- and Ke- that, that episode was just on a couple nights ago. Oh, so. was it? Yep. One of the better Seinfeld episodes. Um, yeah, Keithy is oh, – I'm going to say he's practically in midseason form already. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> he is. He, so so he, he actually used the term launch angle and spin rate in the same telecast. Gary Cohen almost fell out of his chair. Really? Yeah. He was using it in a, kind of in a mocking manner? Totally. Okay. Yeah, he, he's right. not a fan. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, Gare. I mean, when, when, when I was playing, they called it an uppercut. I don't know. <laughs> Which, by the way, he couldn't. I, he couldn't be more right as far as I'm concerned. Um, but no. So Syndergaard threw 22 pitches yesterday, 11 of which were clocked at 100 miles an hour or higher, um, and he struck out Altuve on a 92 mile an hour changeup looking. Yeesh. And Altuve said, "If he throws me that pitch 100 times, 
I will strike out a hundred times. <laughs> I mean, you can see Altuve literally laughing as he was walking back to the dugout yesterday. Syndergaard went 100, 101, 92 mile an hour chase. Swing, miss, swing and miss, taking right down the middle, strike three, sit, sit down. I mean, yeah, it's that guy, by the way. I mean, you, you can't get that guy out. I mean, who, Altuve? Uh, He's guy, pesky. That guy's a nightmare to play. Against. He's pesky. Well, that whole, that whole Astros lineup is so. So that was the good news. It's good to see Thor back in fine fiddle and, 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 and throwing darts early. And the good news was, you know, of course, because it's the Mets and everybody holds their breath with all their pitchers every time they do anything. But, you know, so there, there was some concern whether or not he's overthrowing. It's the first spring start. <coughs> he said, and I would agree with him, as I watched it, uh, he was not. It didn't look like he was really maxing out with his effort. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but... Yeah. Um, so, uh, so some reasons, some reasons for encouragement there. A little bit, a little bit. Although, here's the other thing: you cannot read the New York papers because if anybody is, has a hangnail, the, the sky is falling now. Because that's the cute new narrative now. Because obviously injuries have been a problem with the Mets. We know this. But guys, it's fourth game of Pittsburgh. They're like, oh, the hits just keep on coming. I mean. Uh, Lagaris is sitting out. You know, apparently these injuries are all extremely minor and they're just being cautious, right? No Lagaris, no Jay Bruce, no Tim Tebow. Really? Yeah, you're gonna put really? Tim- no, no Tim Tebow. So if you're gonna write an article, I, 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 here's a memo to you, uh, Mike Puma from the New York Post and uh, uh, Christy Ackert from the Daily News, the Mets beat writers. If you guys are going to write an article about how the Mets are having injury issues already and you're going to put Tim Tebow as an example of that in your article, you lose 100% credibility, okay? Zero. Tim Tebow is a sideshow. There's absolutely He's there to sell jerseys and tickets at the minor league complex, and that is it. So don't be including Tim Tebow being hurt. By the way, he was so hurt he played today. Um, but it, it, he's a non- Tebow. Yeah, exactly. Hey. Um. So yeah. So, but here, here I wanted to ask you about this because, um, you know the new this this new trend now in the American League. I could see it a little bit, okay. But I think it's idiotic in the National League. But uh, this we're, we're batting your best player now. You hit your best player second, right? Instead of third, because you want to get him more at bats. You want to get him more at bats, and supposedly the analytics bear this out. Uh, and now, because baseball, like all sports, is 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 um, subject to stupid groupthink, uh, the Mets apparently going to bat Cespedes second, and I will rip my hair out and scratch my eyes out every game. They're going to when Conforto comes back, they're going to bat him first, and they're going to bat Cespedes second. Right. This whole thing of having you basically having your best two hitters hit one and two to get the more at bats. That is, that is the whole so third. in the in the American League, it makes sense because you have the DH. It does not make sense in the National League because your eighth place hitter in the National League usually stinks, and your pitcher is usually not very good either. So how does that make so now, any right, sense? Nice. Right. So now you're, a, you're your number one hitter. Who's who's not the prototypical leadoff hitter anymore? Correct. Is never going to be hitting with anybody um, on base. Correct. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, my, my point is that you know, yes, I know Conforto had a three eighty on base percentage last year. He also had twenty seven home runs and hit over three hundred. You don't want that guy in a run producing spot in the lineup, uh, aka tip prototypical I mean, I'm, third I'm assuming, place hitter. I'm assuming that the analytics people have. have didn't just pull this out of thin air, that they must have gotten it from somewhere. You know, I, I listened to that um, that interview from Cashman a few, uh, like maybe two, three weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, actually, pretty pretty good interview. And he was talking about the, the evolution of, of, uh, of how how teams, uh, you know, put their rosters together and how they think in terms of analytics. And mm-hmm. he actually talked about how, you know, analytics wasn't really much of a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the Red Sox... Um, Starting in the early 2000s, started to get on board with it. Mm-hmm. They said the Red Sox, that's and that was where the Red Sox passed the Yankees. And he said if they wanted to start competing, they had to start uh, embracing it. Mm-hmm. So um, how how those analytics do? And um, when 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 you guys had a three zero lead on them, were there were there analytics doing a great job then in two thousand and three? Well, he was talking about the Red Sox. I, I understand we're, that, we're, but. We're not but, just talking about one series. We're talking about just we're talking about uh, just the general. I'm just saying, you know, you, you, you can you can try to say analytics. I mean, you know, it, 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 Dave Roberts stealing a base has nothing to do with analytics. You know, what I'm saying guys have to go out and play. I mean, analytics are all well and good, and I, I we're not I, just talking about one series though. We're talking about how uh, you know how one team 
Okay. At the Red, at the Red Sox were, uh, you know, they were, well, they won three World Series. Uh-huh. I understand. Were, um, you know, and they were, you know, they, they, they always seemed to be steps ahead. They were drafting better. Okay. They were hitting on much more prospects than the Yankees were. Okay. I mean, um, so I mean, you know, I mean, it's just just uh, just in, in listening to in listening to a guy, you know, talk about his his evolution, his his uh, his way of doing business evolved. Right. It was just it was it was interesting. I mean, Listen, I mean, like look, you look, you know, I mean, I'm as old school as the next part, right. next person, but at some point, you you know, you at least have to start uh start paying attention, and you know, maybe there's something to some of this stuff. Okay. It so can, yes, launch angle, the whole thing can drive you bananas. It, it's it's infuriating. Mm-hmm. But spin rate—it's called a good curveball. I mean, like for instance, you know, like, like, but last year, like a Yonder Alonso, mm-hmm. who apparently, who supposedly that, that, that this whole launch angle—that's what got it. That's what. You know, right, but he also had a terrible second half. He also stunk in the second half of the year. Because gee, maybe I don't know. Teams pitch, figured pitch, out how to right. pitch to him. Yeah, well, I'm just well, saying well, that's never going to change. Where you know, it's it's a constant. It's a game of constant adjustment. Always, always. But here, here's my point. When the way the A's employ, and by, by the way, and just 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 to, if, you know, Aaron Boone, if uh, you know, if, who's you know, obviously uh, has embraced mm-hmm. analytics, uh-huh. to get the job, right? You know, so if the Yankees, um, you know, if the Yankees disappoint over the next few years, right? <laughs> I'll be saying, yeah, okay, analytics, that's great. Right, I had a manager, right? I had a, my manager was fine. Yep. And by know, the way, Joe Girardi wasn't anti-analytics. He was Joey Loosely. Right. Exactly. He wasn't exactly like Dallas and, Green. And I, and I think that again. I think that was a personality was clash. Kind of personality. Yeah, it was the. I think the, that was the. Uh, it's what we got. Quote. I think now, they might have done him in. Yeah. He, he, here's my issue. Here's my issue. I, I thought the way the A's employed analytics and still, I guess, continue to made sense as far as player and talent evaluation. When you have when when you don't have a level playing field, and so you have to think outside the box to try and unearth talented players in places that the other teams traditionally don't look at. Well, it at. took baseball minds, uh, what, 100 years to figure out that on-base percentage actually means something? Well, you know, I'll tell you, you know who was way ahead of this curve was one one uh, Larry Hayden. Is that right? He, used to, he subscribed to the Bill James uh, baseball abstract, and I remember he used to send me copies, of course. Late, like late 70s, early 80s. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah, of course, I couldn't be bothered to even look at it for one second. Uh, yeah, my grandfather uh, subscribed to the Bill James baseball abstract back in the day. Uh, well, he was way ahead of the curve on that, but no, I no, mean, you know, the, the one th- just like one little anecdote from that, that I remember, like we were looking through that, uh-huh. and it's, it, it claimed like that Alfredo Griffin was like the worst player in baseball. Okay, and, and conventional wisdom at that time was he was a great base stealer. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a, he was a great player. Yep. Look back, good defender. Look, and you look at his numbers now, <coughs> terrible. That guy, that guy would never he, like a, a, guy, a he, high six OPS or something like that. Oh, not, oh I mean like fives. I mean, wow. Like, well, like like I think maybe low sixes. Yeah, but I mean. Okay, but didn't get on base, had like an under under three hundred on base. Like he would have a very hard time getting on the field now. Okay, but were those Blue Jays teams good? Yeah, but that's that's not really the that's not that's not the issue. How is that not the issue? If he was so bad, how 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 could a guy play shortstop on a team that won ninety games? You know, a bunch of times. How bad could he be? I guess is my point. I mean, on base percentage is great. I get it, but that's not the only thing in baseball, right? I mean, yeah, I don't remember how he was defensively. I don't remember what it's. Like. I thought. I mean, I just you know. Again, I I remember. Uh, I, I I remember thinking he was a pretty good defensive shortstop. I mean, again, that's I, the other I, thing. I, I really don't remember. Uh, see, so 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 my point is, I think analytics serve a purpose when you're trying to evaluate guys. It's, it's, it's like the combine. You use it as a tool. Correct, but but my point is that teams are not using it as tools. They are basing every decision they make on analytics now. And to bat Cespedes second, which is what my new manager said, who, by the way, is already on my bad side. Um, already. <laughs> Callaway's already on my bad side. Um, so He's a pitching coach, yep, right? So that's, yep. that's like strike one. Yep, exactly. He was a hack pitcher to begin with. It wasn't even any good. Um, and uh, yeah, although I will say this, he did he did one thing already that Terry Collins would have never done, which is Dom Smith, potential starting first baseman for the Mets, showed up uh, late to the first game, or not the game, but you know the day of the game, showed up a little bit late, and he was supposed to be in the starting lineup, and they benched him, and he sent a message uh, that that kind of accountability has been lacking in this organization since Willie Randolph was here. So uh, I have no issues with. I, I was happy that he did that, but his 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 one of his reasons for batting Cespedes is second is that well, if you look at the last couple of MVPs, they all hit second. I mean, come on. 
Right. Come on. Again, American League and National League are totally different. And, I mean, it, it's funny. I don't know. Somehow the Mets won a World Series in 1986 with Keith Hernandez batting third. Uh, that's, that's, that's weird. I don't know. Somehow the, the Yankees won all those World Series uh, and from 96 to 2000 with Paul O'Neill hitting third. He didn't hit second. Um I don't know. It's, it's weird. Somehow they managed to survive and win World Series without their best hitter although hitting they, second. They had pretty good hitters one through eight, one through nine well, of all those years. Well, of course. but It almost didn't matter. Well, that's true. And you also had, you know, the best closer in the history of the sport. So, that you know, again, that's what I mean. Like, an- analytics are great. Uh, and you look a lot smarter when you have Mo Rivera to just come in and shut the door on guys. And a great bullpen overall. Um, so, uh, you know... Look, I, I think batting Cespedes second is idiotic. I think batting four to lead off is idiotic. Now, the Mets ha- may have to do it because Sandy Olsen is another one of these guys. He doesn't believe that leadoff hitters matter, so they don't really have another option um, when Conforto plays. So I guess, but I mean, is Conforto not the quintessential third-place hitter? Is, is, is Cespedes not the quintessential cleanup hitter? What's uh, Cespedes like? What's been his his, his on base has been around like around three fifty, three sixty. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but again, you know, it's it, it it's great to draw a walk with two outs and nobody. I mean, it's when you get your hits, it's when you get your walks. I mean, you know, there's so much more that goes into it. I mean, he's a he's a dangerous hitter when he's healthy. He's a difference maker. You know, we saw it. Two years ago, it's going to be three years ago now when the Mets first traded for him. When he's uh, when he's right, yeah, there, there's there's is a one hundred percent chance he's going to give you a good at bat. Yep, when he's and, right and engaged, and late in the game, there's a very good chance the ball's leaving the ball yard. Yeah, yeah, no like matter what, no matter what pitcher, yep. the pitcher throws, yeah, no matter what pitch the pitcher throws, yeah, it's it's going over the wall yeah. somewhere. Yeah, he he is that kind of he he is that kind of an imposing figure. That's exactly right. Uh, unless, can, unless NCRD can make some kind of ridiculous, uh, oh, you know. God, that was ridiculous. That guy's, <laughs> that guy's such that's, a Met killer. That was one of the best plays I've ever seen in my life. That is unbelievable. He robbed a three-run homer. Uh, yeah, and during CR On a dead run, he like ran 100 feet to go, to get it. It it could go up over the wall. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I, I, you know, again, I think this is, is a classic example of stupid groupthink. Okay, where everyone's doing it, so we we have to do now. We have everybody has to do it to death. Okay, and again, I can't just know by watching a guy if he's a good defender. I need analytics to tell me this. I mean, come on, stop it, stop it. And I understand that you know the analytics people hated Derek Cheater, hated him. Right. Terrible defender. Right. Yeah. The worst. Yeah. I mean, he was awful. I mean, look, he wasn't great, but he was fine, apparently. I mean, I don't know. Shortstop's kind of an important position, wouldn't you say? And the Yankees won four World Series with the guy. And were in contention every single year that he played, basically. So he probably did something right at shortstop. And you know what can drive you crazy, too, is, um, is when, you know, when, you, when, you pl- when you're playing a shift. Yeah. And the guy doesn't hit the ball hard, and it, and it, gets, it leaks through the infield. Right. Oh, it's infuriating. Yeah. But then again, you're not thinking of all the times you might have taken base hits away from people. No, I, 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 listen, I get it. Again, just like everything else, in moderation. Okay. Moderation. This, this blinding you know, uh, reliance and allegiance now to analytics is, is just crazy. Um, you know, actually, Keith and Gary pointed out an interesting statistic that I guess over the last five years or so, chances for middle infielders is down like 25% than the years past. So, then, so yeah. Because well, fly balls are way up. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they think they, th- obviously, they think that that's probably, but. And strikeouts. But, uh, well, strikeouts. But interestingly enough, for the corner infielders, it was the same, mm-hmm. which means guys are probably more pull happy now than ever, also. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, look, we talked a bit about last year. Overall, I, it, it's not a great product. It, it's not. I mean, you, all you see is strikeouts and home runs. I mean, they, 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 there's very little athleticism. And by the way, I'm going to tell you this right now. Talk about strikeouts and home runs. Um, I cannot wait. And I'm telling you, it's happening. I, I understand he closed his stance and all this other stuff. I've seen Stanton where it looks like he looks like Alfonso Siriano did in uh, the World Series against Arizona. <laughs> he will look like that for, for, for two weeks. And it, so when he and Judge, God forbid, are both going bad at the same time, you're going to have you're going to back you're going to have two guys with Golden Sombrero games probably. Uh, and, yeah, it, 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 it could happen. That, that could happen. It could happen. 
Yeah. Now the rest of your lineup is still really good, but that's that's a lot of strikeouts potentially, and they're going to hit back. Right? They're going to hit. Judge second and Stanton third, or some some version that, of that. I think that's the plan right now. And then Sanchez will be the third guy in that triumvirate. I would assume so. Right, yeah. it would be some variation of Stanton, Judge, Sanchez. Probably. Yeah, I mean, look, that is clearly a modern day's murderer's row, no question. Uh, plus, then you have plus you have Serditi in there. Right. Um, Serditi's like right now. He's probably like the ideal six hitter. I think you could bat him second. You could bat you could bat him anywhere. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, by the way, and then another example uh, of your general manager doing Brian Cashman things. I got to tip my cap. Picking up uh, Ian Drury in the Blockheads. Outstanding spot out of you. Not, not a, another under the He's radar. Some people with his rhythm stick. That's exactly right. Another was is uh, obviously he's not Ian Drury. It's what's his first name? Brandon. Brandon Drury. Um, you know, he had a pretty good year for Arizona last year. And look, I get it. Arizona's a good hitter's park. It's not like Yankee Stadium's not a good hitter's park. Um, but, you know, young, right? Under 30. He's, got, 20, he's only 25. Right. Yeah, 25 years old. You know, you know every Two reason. Two years in the league, he's been over 750 OPS. Right. Every reason to think, particularly in that lineup, that his best baseball is ahead of him. Um, and, you know, look. Did, no, wait. No, uh, no, let's back up for one second. Speaking yeah. of OPS. I mean, you subscribe to OPS, right? I do. Yeah, it's not the end all be all, but yes, I do. Twenty five years ago, right? Like OPS, we'd have been we'd have been just bristling the OPS. What was this nerdy OPS? I don't know. It took me a while to warm up to it, and you know now I'm totally on board with it. Well, you know, I read I read Moneyball what uh, fifteen years years ago, ago, something like that. Something around, maybe not 15 years ago, but I probably read it in like 05, 06, something but like that. In case why Scott, Scott, why Scott Hatterberg Correct. had some value. Right. And and I bought into it. It made yeah. sense. But again, that wasn't, that was more about trying to find players that other people didn't value, right? Correct. Because Scott Hatterberg didn't look like a Major League Baseball player, right? right? He, he looked kind of, you know, he was dumpy and he didn't look, to, and Billy Bean, the whole thing, he was supposed to be a five tool guy. And look, and, and that makes sense to me. I, I get that. Um, I, I again, I think it's gone a little bit overboard. I, I you know, I, that's all. Um, but uh, you know, listen, it, we'll we'll get into baseball at a later date in, in more detail. Now, let's make our way over to the Shield, the National Football Football League. League. So, a uh, couple things. Let's 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 get to. Um, so, so this is where we do our. This is where we where we really we we put in the work. This is where we like to say we do our best. We'll get, we're at our best work. Let's get to that in a second. The first thing. I mean, I'm sure you probably don't care, but I just thought it was interesting that uh, Jerry apparently Jerry's attempted coup of Roger Goodell Did not sit very well with the other owners uh, no nor the commissioner since they're being fined two million dollars to pay for the legal fees that but, yeah but that's yeah exactly that's that, that's it's that's more the owners than uh, than it is Goodell well the owners are, I they, think Goodell can conveniently couch he's, this well, he's, he's part of it but the owners are obvi- were obviously not happy with uh, Jerry going rogue well uh, nor should they be but uh, I just you know this is, this is a classic sort of you come at the king you best not miss <laughs> situation. Yes, uh, as, as to, to quote the great Omar Little, right from the Wire. Right, it's from the Wee Ray, right? Correct, it's from the Wire. Yeah, and, and he, say, he says the king. Yeah, yeah, you come at the, come king. the king. You best not. You miss. best not miss. That's exactly. Right. Is that that was Michael K. Williams? Correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Goodell basically. I mean. Look, the other owners, I'm sure, were upset. Um, probably not every owner was upset. So I think this serves two purposes here. It does placate the, the faction of owners that were not happy with Jethro, but it also sends a message to any other owners. It's a bit of a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a salvo. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it's a shot across the bow. It's a shot fired. Yeah, it's uh, you guys. And, wanted, and, of, and of course, Jethro is going to is fighting it. Although, as of right now, he, of course, he is. Oh, and, and by the way, two million dollars is he, nothing. He, he, it's loose it's, change it's, in it's, his it's, sofa. It's, it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's five cents. Yep, it's, it's really it's nothing. About, no, this is all about optics. Correct, correct. Um, so I found that interesting. Uh, a couple other side notes: uh, Ziggy Ansah franchise, franchise tag, tag right. for the Lions. Uh, Kind of had to. Right? You had you had to do it. It makes sense for a number of different reasons. Number one, um, the Lions 
currently don't have anybody on the roster that can do what he does, which is rush the passer. Um, now, has he been great the last couple of years? No, he hasn't. He's been uh, banged up severely. When he's healthy, he flashes, right? Two years ago when they made the playoffs, he had a very poor year because he was playing on one leg. Then when he's finally healthy for the playoff game, he had two sacks in the playoff game against Seattle. Uh, last year, his numbers uh, at first glance would look good. He had 12 sacks. If you look, not nine in three games, co- right? That's correct. Exactly. Nice, nice spot out of you. Yes, nine of those came in three games. Uh, eight came in the second half of the year. Or, um, but yeah, he got three sacks in the last game of the year against you know a banged up and depleted Packers team. Uh, he got three the week before against Cincinnati when they had a backup left tackle in the game, and he had three against Eric Flowers and the Giants. And Eric Flowers is probably going to either get moved to right tackle or benched. So you know he also didn't do it against. Uh, it's not like he did it against Anthony Munoz. Right. Um, but look, when he's healthy, he plays well. He just hasn't been healthy. Um, you worry a little bit because he's not that young. He's twenty eight. Um, but not that that's old, but it's not that young. There's no great defensive end in the draft that anybody can see right now. I would agree with it's, that. It's a weak draft overall for defensive ends, and particularly where the lines are picking at 20. Uh, anybody they take there that would play that position is going to be a project. Um, so what it does do is it allows them to, for, let's say, for instance, a Marcus Davenport from U- University of Texas, San Antonio. You don't have to take him. But maybe he, if he does, if he falls to 20 and the Lions want to take him and have him develop for a year and maybe use him purely as just a pass rusher, they can do it. And then if he shows the kind of development that they want, they can let Ziggy walk. Right. It gives you, it gives you a lot more flexibility. It gives you a lot more flexibility. The Cowboys are going to be in, this, or in the exact same boat with Demarcus Lawrence. Exactly. And that was going to be my next point. And the other thing is there's no help coming in free agency. There's no one on the market that's even close to Ziggy Ansa except and for DeMarcus. And even if there was somebody who's okay, you have to, you have to pay you him. You like overpay for him. Much, much Correct. Much okay. Right. And you're overpaying for a guy that you're projecting. At least they know Ziggy Ansa. He's right. been there for five years. They know the guy. You know, I mean, what are you going to go give Adrian Claiborne a big contract because he had a great game against your backup left tackle? Exactly. Uh, That's exactly right. And the other, only guy comparable to Ansa, and right by, by, by the way, who's better than Ansa is now because he, he had a really good year, is Demarcus Lawrence. And you guys aren't letting him get out, out the gate. He's gonna, you're either going to franchise him. Yeah. So there was I no, so probably you know I think the option the option A is to try to work out some kind of long term deal but right. that's not going to happen. Worst case scenario you're going to franchise him. So look, right. plus the third thing so not a lot in the draft, nothing on the free agent market and the lines of the cap room. They have 45 million dollars in cap space. Honestly, it's going to cost them 17.5. Right. Um, so they've got the cap room to do it too. It makes sense. Um, so, you know, and again, like you said, provides flexibility in the draft uh, as well. And you don't want to go into the draft feeling like you have to do a certain no. certain things. No, you definitely don't. So, and you know what? He's a good guy. Everybody like, like, there's nothing, you know, again, his only issue is that he's been hurt. Like, he plays, when he plays, when he's healthy and playing, he plays well. He plays hard. He's a good locker room guy. Like, there's nothing bad about Ziggy Ansah. The only right. issue with him has been the injuries. So, that makes sense. Um, and, um, what else? That was pretty much it. I mean, no, no real major signings yet. Free agency still a, a ways away. But I know you have been hard at work doing scouting, uh, which has gotten me to do some of my scouting. Um, so on the eve of the combine, give me give me three players that you would say to fans out there, keep an eye on these guys at the combine and or obviously – when the draft comes, uh, well, one guy that we were talking about, uh, we were actually just talking about off off air. Off air, yeah. Was uh, her, was defensive tackle defensive tackle Hercules Mata'afa from Washington State. Yeah. Now you watch. Now you call him a defensive tackle? Well, no, well, he played defensive tackle in college. He's not going to play defensive tackle in the pros. Right. He played inside. Yeah. He played well, the, from inside. the from the film I saw, they kind of moved him all around. He's mostly he mostly played inside. Okay. Um, and he, he had some ridiculous amount the last couple of years of tackles for losses. Right. Uh, Give me his size, though. He's small. He's a linebacker. He's like, size. Yeah, he's like 6'2", 250, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, you know, he's not he's, playing D-tackle in the pros. No, no. So uh, all those all those like three-cone drills that measure, you know, like twitch and all that stuff. That's right. Gonna be, for, Short his, shuttle and all that stuff. He could be, Basically, if he, uh, if he tests well, he could be going in the second round. 
Okay. Um, if he does not test well, you know, he's got a he's he. There's going to be a lot. I mean, he probably said it for a lot of different prospects. Of course. But, but he's the guy that because like, people really don't know what to make him. They think the, this guy could be, you know, a, 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 you know, like a. Uh, could be like a sub-package pass rusher. Right. Or somebody that maybe in certain situations you actually could reduce some inside on passing down. Right. Uh, they don't really know what to make of him. Yeah. He's going to have to Really be- interesting player, though. You watch him on film. I mean, he is regularly just – he's really quick off the ball. Yeah. No, when he – I mean, when, when he gets – Leaks havoc. When when he's not being blocked, he he is uh, – he, he's a game wrecker, no doubt. Um, he's going to have to do similar to what uh, Hassan Reddick did last year. At the combine, he's going to have to show that he can backpedal, he can move in space, he can move laterally, side right. to side. He's going to have to show that he can do that because, yeah, there's no way he's going to be able to so play. He, so maybe he becomes like the the uh, the reverse Randy White. Uh, Randy White was a linebacker. That's right. Who got moved to defensive tackle? That's right. So that's maybe, right. Maybe, From maybe. Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So Hercules, and, and it's not just because you like the name, although it's a good name. That's Hercules a great name. Mata Alpha. All yeah, right. That's a fantastic name. And he's from Washington State. That's one guy. Give me another guy. Um, well, I guess uh, I guess more, more for medicals, um, Harold Ran- Harold Landry. Oh yeah, gonna be he's a, a monster. Player. Yeah, but uh, I, he's another guy that could go from anywhere from like first round and get dropped to like the third. Correct. Because um, he had a monster uh, monster junior, junior year. year, sixteen and a half sacks, twenty something tackles for loss. Right. He had was. a monster bowl game against Maryland. <laughs> Oh, that's right. That's right. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. yeah. That's, that was actually my first, that was one of my first introduction to Harold, yeah. Harold yeah. Landry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and then, and, you know, he had some, he had, I think he had an ankle injury. His, he did have, he had, he, had a, he had an ankle injury this year. He missed, uh, you know, a, missed, like, a good chunk of the season. Yeah. You know, his production was way down. Now, when, now, the film that I watched of him his He's, senior year was not nearly as bad as I've been led to believe it was. Right. It's just, I guess it wasn't on par with his junior year. Right. But he's, uh, he could, I think um, if he has a good combine, he's going, he's going top. I, he could probably put himself in the top 20. No doubt, because yeah, he's a, a good yeah. I mean, pass rushers, as we know, are a premium. He's six three two fifty, which is an ideal size, but he's got long arms for a guy who's six three. Um, and I mean, look at Tack McKinley; he's six two two fifty, and he definitely showed I an ability. He's a little bit. He's, he's only six two. Yeah. 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 And he he I mean he definitely showed a, a burst and an and ability to get after the passer this year in short. Uh, you know, in in, in uh, short sample, small sample size for Atlanta, um, that's a guy I would be interested for the, the Lions to take. Plus, their new defense coordinator Paul Pasqualoni was just a, a defensive coach for uh, Boston College this year, so he probably knows him well. Um, all right, that's two. Uh, uh, again, one more, which I mean, not, not exactly uh, breaking new ground here, but I mean, he's a guy that I'm sure we both are big fans of. And he's a certain player for, uh, for Central Florida, a.k.a. UCF. Oh, yeah, Shaquem Griffin. Shaq Griffin. Yeah. His film is his, – his tape, he, it just jumps off the tape. Just watch the bowl game against Auburn. Insane. 12 he's tackles. All over the field. 12 tackles, three – And for those to be uninitiated, he's missing a left hand. Correct. His twin brother, Sha- uh, Shaquille Griffin, plays corner for the Seahawks. He was a third-round pick. Shaquem Griffin is who we're talking about. A little bit undersized, at six foot, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. Had his had his left hand amputated, I think, like at age four. Four years old, because he had a, he was born with a birth defect, and, and it caused him so much pain that he he begged his parents to just have the the, the hand amputated. So he's played with it like this, uh, you know. Obviously, he, to, him, to him it's not even to him it's yet. nothing. It's no issue. Um, Apparently he played baseball with it. Was a good baseball player. Like it's not an issue to him. Ridiculous athlete. I mean, you, you, you watch his films. You know, make, like I said, watch the. You know, so UCF. UCF doesn't play. You know, in a Power Five conference, right? Watch him play against Auburn. Auburn's got pros on that team. Carry on Johnson. How, how good he is. Twelve tackles, two and a half for loss. I think maybe three and a half and one and a half sacks, and he was the MVP of the game. I mean, the guys, he's all over the field. At worst. He should be a sub-package dime linebacker special and special team teams demon. demon for you. At worst. At worst. At best, with the right team put in the right spot, he could be an act, a real difference maker, I think, on defense. Move him all around. By the way, we're talking physical. We're not talking about, like, uh, we're not, right now we're, we're talking about physical traits. We're not, talk, we're not getting into, like, the mental stuff, like, uh, you know, the uh, interviews, which obviously that's a whole different story. Oh, uh, yeah. No, no. That they'll, you know, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. You know, where people's stock will, will go up and down. Well, but, I mean, his 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 intangibles are off the are charts. Off the charts, off the charts. Too, you can so. see it's infectious the way he – Oh, yeah. I it's, mean, I, let – I think like right now it's thought of you know he's probably thought it was like being like a fourth or fifth round pick. Yeah. Um, 
I bet you know, I know, uh, and you know, I know uh, my scouting go-to guys like uh, Brian Broaddus. Right, just you know, he's always raving about him. Yeah, Brugler's got him like about it, like fourth or fifth round. Okay, like, I don't know. I, I, I last time I watched, I watched again. I watched the Auburn tape. And, right, and, and, and to go along with some other uh, some, some more tape on. Yeah, him. I mean that guy is just. I, yeah. I, 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 now my, remember, my was this guy has to be a Dallas Cowboy, right? One See, way or another, this guy has to be on my. Now team. remember, so part of the part of the production you, you have to take with a bit of a grain of salt for not just him, for all these guys is their 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 coaches put move them around the field and put them in position to make these plays a lot of the time, right? Like they're the sort of the focal point of the defense, and that's probably not going to be the case in the pros. So you know what I'm saying. Well, a guy like him too. That's just—it's like right now. You know, it's kind of like what, what would his position be? I mean, he's like he's like it's almost like he's part. It's almost like he's part linebacker, part defensive end, part strong safety. Yeah, I think you would. And yeah, that's 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 definitely an accurate assessment. I mean, I think probably what you would look at is uh, you'd look at him to be sort of a dime or nickel linebacker, uh, third down havoc wreaker. Exactly, and you got you see during the drills and stuff. If, I mean, it looks like he can cover from what I saw. Um, and, you know. Got beat for a touchdown in the, in the senior bowl. Yeah, everybody gets exactly. beat. I mean, everyone gets beat. Uh, you know, Dan Sanders you, got you beat. Don't, you, don't expect, you don't exactly. You're not, you're not counting on your linebackers to be able to, yeah. to be able to, to guard receivers. Yeah. No, I mean, to me, the only issue would be the size, really. I mean, you know, six foot 225 is small. I mean, even right. in today's. Today's world in the NFL, where Telvin Smith, anyone? Everybody wants. I understand. I understand. Uh, but you know, Telvin Smith wasn't Telvin Smith his first couple of years in the league. I mean, it took him a while to be this good. I mean, he he was right. You know, I'm just saying. Um, no, look, I, if the Lions took him in the third round, I don't think I'd hate it. <laughs> I really yeah. don't. Uh, they probably have bigger, more pressing needs, but you know, you, I, I, you get a really good player. And I guess again, with all those, again with all those agility drills that measure twitch and all that stuff, I right? Guess, you know, he could. I mean, he could vault himself. I don't. I don't see anybody taking him in the second round. No, there's no way. There's no way. There's 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 better options. I mean, you know, and the funny thing is, is like you look at him. He he. he not only is he six foot two and twenty pounds, he does not have uh, what you would call a uh, chiseled physique. He's got a pot belly. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and yet he's he's a blur. He's yep. A fast, but he's, he's all been, yeah. He's just a football player. <laughs> Nobody can block him. Yep. He's just a full on. And when football he does get blocked, player. he never stops. Yep. By the way, getting back to Jarvis Landry, one thing, two, two players popped into my head about guys who had uh, really good junior years and then bad senior years. Harold Landry. Uh, what did I say? Jarvis, Jarvis. Landry? Sorry. Harold Landry, the, the, the DN from Boston College. Reminded me, two, two guys popped into my head, guys who had really good junior years uh, and not so great senior years and got way underdrafted. Uh, one would be uh, number 13, Dan Marino. Dan Marino being the poster child for that. And the other would be more near and dear to my heart, Jerry Ball, who was a monster uh, his junior year. We got him in the second round, right? We got him in the second round, but he was a monster his junior year at SMU. He was supposed to be a stud because um, they played a 3-4 and he played nose guard. And then his senior year, he was hurt and they played. They switched to a 4-3. And he wasn't as good. And the Lions drafted him to be a nose tackle, and he was, you know, all pro uh, there. So anyway, so again, I, my point is, you know, you can't put, you, you can't just forget a guy's junior year. Right. I mean, I think a lot of teams did that with Leonard Fournette, um, and Jacksonville, to their credit, said, you know, we, we don't really care. We're just looking at his junior year tape. It's off the charts. He's yeah. a fucking monster. Excuse my French. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, you know, injury. Uh, right. Like, like, you know, it's a good example of, of I guess, uh, where. Uh, great junior year, bad senior year, and had had zero career in the NFL. Was Will Sutton, that defensive tackle from Arizona State, like yep. a monster? He was a defensive tackle. Yep. Had like I want to say like fifteen sacks his junior year. Right. Uh, I mean, just sick production. Yeah. And then they uh, the coaches had him put on weight. Right. Uh, and just because yeah, he was another one, he was like two hundred and fifty five pounds. Easily would have been a first round pick if he had. Uh, I yeah. Say, you know, I, well, but the, and see, chance. And, and you know, and, and, but did not have a good senior year. Right. Got drafted I think, in the third round by the Bears. Yeah. He's out of the league. I think he's out of the league. Um, see, but again, guys like that, you gotta you gotta be cognizant of the fact that you know, if it, are, are, are team are, is, are his coaches scheming specifically to free him up to make plays? Are they running stunts where two guys 
or you know, or taking out a guy and, and freeing him right, up to make plays can, can be can be very exactly. Like you know, I, like I mean, I've, I've scouted some guys up that you know had some, had like decent sack numbers. Right, and you watch them; every sack is uh, is just you it's know, a blown it's like assignment. It, or, or it's just, uh, yeah. just the quarterbacks running around forever. And right, then, you know, and then finally, yeah. Just what we just talked about with Ziggy Ansah. He had twelve sacks that, on paper. It looks like a great year, and then if you actually dig a little bit deeper, it wasn't really that great a year. So. Oh, uh, let me, uh, one player that I looked at yes, I finally actually went went uh, in in depth on this guy. This is a guy that we talked about. Yeah, the the uh, Reggie Cleveland All Star himself, Taven Bryan. Uh huh. Actually, so I'm going to do the work on this because everybody everybody keeps okay. saying the word on on the streets. This guy is like has pro ball talent. Pro Bowl talent. Uh-huh. Some people even compare him to JJ Watt. Right. He's production. He's no production. Right. So I was like, I, I need to get, get wrap my head around the, around this because if, yep. you know, if I'm going to pass on this guy. You know, well, he's got good know, size. He does have good size. I don't know Six exactly. I, I need to wrap my head around this. Player. Okay. So I watched him extensively last night. I watched uh-huh. like, f- like four full games of, of him. Uh huh. Most bizarre player you'll ever see. Yeah. He's bizarre. I, he, he. It's from one play to the next. It's like you're watching different players. Right. He'll have like three straight reps where he just blows past the guard, but. He doesn't know where the ball is. Right. So, play, so the reason he has no production is playoffs are playing. He's right. Just blasting to the background. Right. Into the backfield. Right. And he's no idea where the running back is. And then the running in the next thing you look, you look up the running back's, uh, you know, right. ten yard run, um, where he, you know, he, he wins the rep. Right. But he he doesn't finish the play. Right. Um, much like that. Then, you know, um, much like that uh, Thomas character from Miami. Chad Thomas. Yes. Uh, that's 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 one of my one of my pet cats. By the well, way, well, it's funny you were telling me about John Kelly, the running back for Tennessee, to take big, a look at fan. him. Much smaller than I thought he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he only runs five ten two ten. Not even he's like, really. He looks like five ten. He looks. Bigger he runs a lot bigger than yes, he than, than he yes, measures. He that's for sure. But so while watching John Kelly from Tennessee, uh, I watched some of the the, the film against. Uh, Florida and Taven Bryant literally looks like a guy that never played football before. There, it's it's so bizarre. Yeah. There's some plays where he looks all world. Yeah. Even though he doesn't make the play. Right. Um, yeah, that doesn't do you a lot of good. Exactly. Or you know, and then and then and then all those reps where he's on the ground where he's pushed 10, 10 yards in. in so he's a classic guy. He's that like, he's, he's like this year's Malik McDowell. Yeah, and, he, and, and you know, in, in terms of like guys that can flash and look, put up no numbers in college. Right. Um, he's a classic can, guy can, that can you, look like can look all pro for rep, for certain reps. So you're right. flashing. Well, you're projecting. He's a classic totally projection guy. He's got the measurables, right? right Six looks, four, right, looks, right, looks the two ninety. He apparently, you know, he's a hard worker. He tries. He gives you effort. Oh, he gives you everything. He's right. Got. So, 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 what NFL coaches will look at, and they'll say, you know, I can do, I can work with that, right? Right, I can work with that. We can build on this. Herm, <laughs> yeah, and that's what they'll say. Um, you know that, yeah. Hey, we can work on it. So I'll give you as we come my, up. My, my take from that, by the way. Yeah. And I, I think I, somebody had him perfectly mocked. I mean, to me, to that's the a, Vikings. a fourth round. Somebody pick. had him perfectly mocked to the Vikings, right. You know, in the first round, just because that's a because that's a team that you know. That's what they did with Daniel Hunter. They have exactly. a recent. But that's. I think there's only a couple situations where th- this can work. Right. Uh, my, my takeaway from it is. No, no shot. Yeah. Well, it'll be very interesting to see. Obviously, with Patricia now as the Lions coach, you know, uh, if they like, t- like, if he's if he was someone like that, if someone someone like that was available in the second round, would you consider it? No, I want no part of him. Okay. No part of him. No. Uh, he's one of the most bizarre players I've ever watched. Yeah. I mean, I, I just he think- looks he like you said he there there stretches in the game where he looks like he's never played football. In right. Life. Yeah. Now to me, there's just there, there's there's way too many in better options. Round, yeah. Exactly. He can't be. Uh, I actually like both the the North NC State D tackles that you can get in the fifth round better than I like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Jones and uh, BJ uh, Hill. Right. Um, but. A guy that you turned me on to, I remembered him a little bit, but then I did some work on him as we get up against the hour, is Jeff Holland from Auburn. Big fan. I, don't, I, 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 I mean, if this guy, if he was 6'4", 260, he'd be a first-round pick probably. Easily. But he's 6'2", 249 or whatever. I, I don't care. Wasn't that what it was? Shaq Lawson, wasn't that what he was? Wasn't uh, he about that size? I, he thought went, he, I think he wound up going in the fourth. You mean Manny Lawson? Uh, no, Shaq Lawson. No, uh, no, not Carl, Carl, Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson. Yeah, the Bengals drafted him. Yeah, really yeah, year. yeah. He had a pretty good rookie year. Yeah, I thought he was a little taller than that, but maybe not. I will have to go back but and look. But also Auburn. Yeah, 
Yeah, and D Ford was an Auburn guy too. Um, I I really like this Jeff guy. Jeff Hunt's tape is fantastic. It's really good. Everything I've seen, everything I've seen, obviously you've seen is yeah, really good. Really good. I mean, he's got great. He uses his hands great. Which what does that mean? Well, it means that he he disengages from the blocker as well. He he chops guys. The tackles hands gets the the tackles hands off of his body. He uh, is keenly aware. Uh, of where the quarterback is and where the ball is when right. he goes for so, sacks. Right. So when he goes wide, he's, yep. able, to, he's able to retrace and go yep. back. Yeah. He gets he gets blocked sometimes. He doesn't stay blocked. He chases plays down from yep. behind. Uh, I, I nobody's I, really talking about him. I I I, I right. bet I think you. He's projected like a third or a fourth. So I do. I guess uh, his his combine was yeah. pretty uh, pretty. Yeah, because the production was there. I mean, again, it's not the ideal size you want, but again, like that's why I'm interested to see with Patricia. You know, the Patriots didn't really run a set base defense. There's some weeks they play four three, some weeks they play three four. Some games they switch back and forth in between. So in years past, a guy like that wouldn't really be a great fit for the Lions because they were a very strict four three team. They like their ends to be tall and lanky, like you know, like Jason Jones and Ziggy Ansah. Averill was a little bit of a different story, but he was drafted actually under the Marinelli era, not Jim Schwartz. Solid. Um, yeah, that was actually one of the few good picks by Matt Millen was Cliff Averill. Um, but uh, but so in years past, a guy like Jeff Holland, you probably as a Lions fan, I'd say. Yeah, he's probably he's not a fit for what we do, but with Patricia there now, thinking now with more of a more of a uh, a, a, a guy a flexible, who's a, a flexible game plan, correct, and a coach who actually coaches who says, you know what, um, I will take what a player does well and I will enhance that. I will not make a guy do something that he's not good at doing, and that. You know, as much as we like to kill the Patriots for a million reasons, and and most of them are justified, that is what they do better than any team in the league, I think, is they see what a player's strengths are, and they coach them up to those strengths, and they put them in positions to be successful. Kyle, do you annoy anybody? Uh, Yeah, I know. I know. As As hard as it is for me to take that he's turned into a good player, because he could not have looked worse when he played for the Lions, but... It's a law. It's an old story. We've talked about it too many times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, that is the hour. So we packed a lot into that show. We sure, we sure did. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. There is a new website, JamalAboutSports.com. Uh, we are on uh, Twitter at JamalAboutSport, Instagram, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, JamalAboutSports is the Instagram handle as well. Uh, SoundCloud uh, but you can find all of these things in one nice tidy little package on JamalAboutSports.com tell your friends thanks for listening until next time peace out